Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 279 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How you doing today, Richard? Hey, Seth. Lots of lots of news in the magic world this week. <laughs> big news. It is going to be a fun cast, uh, some really interesting and big topics. But before we get to that, we have another co-host in Krim. What's up this week, Grim? Morning, everybody. And yeah, lot, lots of uh, big, big news, like they, like everyone has said so far. So uh, our topics for today, we had the BNR announcement come out this morning, along with companion changes. So that's going to be our first topic. We also have some double masters, uh, not an announcement as much as how people have been reacting to it. There's a big conversation about double masters right now that we wanted to get into a little bit. And then, of course, there was the arena open this weekend and then your fish mail questions. So that's the overview. Before we get into it, a reminder that our show today is once again brought to you by Spikes Academy and Spikes Academy recently launched a new control course with Corey Burkhart. So if you like making your opponent's lives miserable with counter spells and card advantage, this is a perfect course for you, and you can check it out now over at SpikesAcademy.com and learn from the best players in the world. So thank you to Spikes Academy for supporting the podcast, and let's start off with a, with a big announcement from this morning. Richard, we got the BNR. It was a big one. It was a unique one. What happened with this announcement? All right, we have... Bannings and Standard, Agent of Treachery is banned, Fires of Invention is banned. Historic, we have suspensions of the two same cards, Agent of Treachery and Fires of Invention suspended in Historic. So that is banned uh, for all intents and purposes, but it can move around. And then the companion rule change across all formats. Once per game, anytime you cast a sorcery, you can pay three generic mana to put your companion from your sideboard into your hand. It's a special action, not an activated ability, so you can't respond to it. Uh, you can't Phyrexian Revoker it, things like that. Uh, so it's a special action, all formats. And uh, it takes effect on Magic Arena, both changes on June 4th. And then for Magic Online and Tabletop, uh, bans happen right now. Uh, companion changes happen right now for Tabletop and Magic Online Companions uh, on June 4th. So a little staggered, but by June 4th, we'd be all on the new the new errated companions and uh, the new bannings. So so let's start with the easy one here. I think uh, companions are going to be the most interesting topic, but let's start with the bannings because those are pretty straightforward. Uh, Fires of Invention, Agent of Treachery and Standard, right move? What do you uh, what do you guys think about uh, these changes? Um, I, I think we're still missing, a f like, a few cards. <laughs> a few cards were left off of this ban list, but you know what? Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, f like, Agent of Treachery being gone, it, unfortunately, I, I think Agent itself is a fair card. Uh, I, I actually don't think Agent is that bad. It's just the way that we can cheat Agent in right now is kind of insane, so I, I guess that's fine, right? Yeah. I, I think, think it's not fine. <laughs> I, I think Agent of Treachery is dying for the sins of Luca, right? Like, we, we've seen this before where they try to skirt around Marvel and things like that, but like, you're just never going to print a good creature again in standard while Luca is legal. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I don't, I don't understand, right? Historic, uh, which we'll talk to, does it cheat? Agent of Treachery into play, right? We use something yeah. else. So you're telling me for the next couple standard sets, we're not going to have a good creature? Like, okay. But, so, 
it's gonna need a banning, right, Luca? I, I I mean I I don't know if like Luca like like I'm thinking about like what's the next big threat that they're cheating in like you know they're cheating into play. I think like, it, right now I would probably say uh, the boar and raise forerunner is probably like maybe you go from like a more aggressive stance and go that direction. I mean that's that's fine. Like I I, I like at least with the boar, you know like. They kind of have to have a board, <laughs> but like <laughs> on top of that, like it's legitimately just—I don't know if 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 like pain bacon is what we're worried about. That's the least of our—I I don't think it's that bad yet. I, Until they print another creature, right? Like, well, what if they is, print an Ulamog or something? You know, like they they can print anything at any time, right? Like they always print these bomb. Like at seven mana, your creature should win the game, right? Uh, right. It's it's when you cast it on turn five or turn four that it's a problem, right? For free, right? So there will be a bomb somewhere, right? Like I mean, I don't know. Like it could be, uh, what's the cycling Godzilla Yudaro, right? Like I don't know, <laughs> yeah. right? Like people, it. I don't know how they're going to keep doing this, right? But I, don't know. I but Yudara's so, not like losing your 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 best permanent, right? Like it or your land, so you never even like because like. You know what I mean? Getting your land stolen by turn five, potentially maybe even earlier, is pretty pretty rough. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's pretty rough. You're not you're not really playing magic, right? That's that's a lot worse than if they just go, all right, cool, turn five hit you for like nine or or eight or something, right? Like that's that's fine. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. weird as it sounds, I, I'm okay with getting hit in the face for eight. <laughs> or maybe that's just where things have gone. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree for current standard. It, it's probably effectively the same because, you know, getting getting the pain bacon in is not as threatening. Uh, but what, do, what are we going to do for next next set and the set after and the set after? Like, I, I just feel like this is a Band-Aid solution. Like, is, fires is that- could have been banned way, way, way long ago. Right. Like we, we yeah. had people doing yeah. fires into Golos and then, you know, Golos had to die. Feel the dead had to die. And at the end of the day, it's just mana cheating and uh, fires finally, finally getting the axe. But I, I feel we're going to have the same problem with Luca. It's just going to drag I mean, on for a bit Winota. Like these, these cards, you just can't cheat mana like this. So, man. so I think but is that the reason in the ramp that we reason, have now, uh, like, like well, I mean, like, it's because we, we it's, have like the ramp is the same, right? Like we with how good the ramp is, like it's almost like eh, it's not not. Eh. I think the reason I'm okay with with Agent of Treachery ban, and I love the Fires ban. That was the one card that I have been telling everyone if I could choose a single card, it would be Fires to uh to be banned. So I'm really happy about that one. As far as Agent, it's a little weird. It was going to rotate in three months. I do agree that even though there's nothing right now that's like, oh my god, this is the new target, there definitely could be in the next year of Standard or whatever. Uh, and the real problem is all the ways to cheat it into play. The reason I'm okay with it, though, is there are so many ways to cheat it into play. You have Luca. You have Insane Ramp Spells. You have Winota. There's just such a big list of decks that are built around cheating Agent into play that I feel like if you ban Luca, then people just like Winota Agent into play. And if you ban Luca and Winota, then people are just going to ramp Agent into play. So with the insane amount of ramp and mana cheats we have in our current standard, I actually think that getting rid of Agent is fine. Even though I do also agree in some sense it's a band-aid, but sometimes a band-aid is your only option. Like, because yeah. there's so we many... Don't, we don't need to go to the hospital. We don't need to get a cast or anything. Just just slap, like, eight band-aids on it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. There's tape. so many... Tape holds so everything many, up. 
<laughs> There's so many broken ways to cheat it into play, though. Like, what else do you do? Hit them all. You'd have Hit to ban, like, five cards or six cards to make Agent of Treachery, like, fair right now. <laughs> make mana a resource. <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. Krim, you mentioned some cards were not on this list. What cards did you feel uh, needed to go? And and don't you dare say Carnage Tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> Carnage Tyrant. <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, it's Carnage not here, Tyrant. Okay? <laughs> Shifting Sarah. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I think there are still some things, right? Like, I mean, what about what about cards like to help, like kind of like slow down the ramp package? Like we're talking like either either growth spile Uro or or Nissa yeah I mean yeah like I I get it uh, if that's going then you know throw away like uh, like throw Teferi into the ban list too right like and and I, it's hard for me to say because I love the card <gasps> but I understand right like I mean it's 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 like by banning that you are now unbanning like interaction so <laughs> uh, I I I was I was. Curious if you would throw your boy under the bus, and I, you look, did. I, I'm proud of you, Krim. I'm proud of you, Krim. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like pulling teeth saying it, right? Like, and it's like I, I feel like I'm gonna need a shower after I, I after this cast because, like, I feel kind of gross saying that, dude. It's like, oh, I love Teferi, but but yeah, like, I mean, I understand the cry for for Teferi, and I understand like, but I think there's a few things too. Like I think Teferi, I think I even think like le- legitimately like that ramp package we were talking about somewhere between like Growth Spiral Uro and like Nissa and all of that nonsense, right? Somewhere in there. I actually think there would be pretty big unintended consequences of banning Teferi. Like I feel like uh, Wilderness, Wilderness Rec- Reclamation would probably well, that have would to be, be part banned it, right? alongside yeah. Teferi, and then. I think there's still, like, an insane flash deck that is available in the format that everyone would hate because it just counters all your spells, but it's kind of kept at bay because of Teferi. I feel like that, like, I don't even know how you ban something from Flash, but I think that we would see, like, the Magic Arena subreddit in, like, two weeks just be, like, endless complaints about Frilled Mystic or the other Flash cards if we actually went that direction. And that, I guess, illuminates the challenge of, uh, like, fixing standard with bannings. Because you think, like, okay, you ban Teferi, but then you gotta ban Wilderness Reclamation, but then what about the Flash cards? And then what about the Ramp cards? And eventually you're just, what, gonna ban, like, 20 cards or 30 cards? Like, that's, you yes. keep going down that <laughs> yeah. path until, like, here's here, here revised sets worth of cards. <laughs> Band. <laughs> Honestly, list. it would just be like people want a laundry list, uh, like a laundry list long ban list, and and I could understand why. But at what point are we now just banning twenty what eighteen forward? <laughs> yeah, so twenty nineteen so, forward. So agent of treachery, fires of invention. Okay, wilderness reclamation. Yeah. Winota. Yeah. Let's get all this fast mana. A boreal grazer. Okay, let's <laughs> let's restore aggro. <laughs> Like, once you have aggro as a viable thing, oh, it's a fairy, obviously gone, so you can embercleave people, right? <laughs> that, like, but like, without a fairy, then you have to ban embercleave. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe aggro is too good now, but like, the fairy basically like removes like the counters to like big mana decks, right? Like, you can't hold a counter spell and like stop their big spell anymore because if the fairy comes down, you're like totally hosed. Uh, yeah. And then the fairy also stops aggro. Right. And then aggro stops like flash decks and control decks, but a boreal grazer and uh, Uro <laughs> and stuff like that just like totally hose them. <laughs> right. So you got to restore the rock, paper, scissors here. Every uh, like a boreal grazer. Like what about cat oven? Cat oven, I feel like is probably closer to oh. like 
stop yeah, you. We, like, we right? forgot like, about Cat. Cat yeah, like and that, Oven. They both like that, gotta go. <laughs> you gotta then cat. throw that in there, and then it's cat like... Cat Oven's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. Like, Alright, we're, we're gonna just keep banning cards so we're playing block instructor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, alright, only mutate decks. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> really, though, I hope that we, our wizards, I guess, learn something from this, because... I do think you're right to some extent, Richard, but I think, I don't know if I'm comfortable with banning the amount of cards that it would take to make standard fun. I think the real answer is like, hey, maybe we stop printing these insane ramp spells and these insane mana. Like, maybe you don't print Winota and Fires of Invention and Uros. Like, I think that's what needs to happen to fix this long term, or else if they just keep printing cards like this, this is going to become a a never-ending thing, right? We're just going to be talking about what five cards need to be banned this month to, you know, patch up the (laughs) metagame enough that people (laughs) stay playing on Magic Arena for another month and then do it again and do it again. Like, ugh. Is that the path we're heading down? Like, is that where we're we're going with this? So, um, think of the sets coming up, right? Like, how are you... They can't print... You know, if they print a big creature, you're just going to cheat into play, and it'll ruin the metagame again. If they print crappy creatures, well, you're not going to play any of these cards. You're just going to (laughs) play the existing decks. Like, how are they going to fix this without escalating the power level or making these cards that people are just sick of, right? Like, how many times do you want to see Wilderness Reclamation or Teferi? That's part of the problem. Like... Maybe the metagame's diverse, but I've seen these same cards over and over and over again, and they feel bad, right? <laughs> like, I, it feels really bad. You know, it's like land destruction, except it's not land destruction. I can't play any of my interaction, uh, but they're all in my hand, and I just sit there and watch the fairy tick up and get advantage. So, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. If they don't clean slate now, how are the cards from the new sets going to show up in standard? What, what do you guys grossly of- breaking it. <laughs> What do you guys think about this? I brought this up on Twitter because they also announced this week uh, no big paper tournaments for the rest of the year. Uh, everything's going to be digital at least through 2020 uh, because of the pandemic. What do you think about revisiting two rotations a year or even a rotation every set? Like, do you think that's part of the problem? <laughs> emergency that our... rotation? <laughs> well, not even I... emergency, but have them be scheduled. Like, do you think that a whole year of cards being in the format before anything rotates like is that part of the problem is we just get tired of these cards because they're legal for too long i i don't think they need to rotate any faster I, i'm okay with the rotation run now plus like you know you probably don't like standard gets pricier right with two, like more rotations it would and, but yeah. if everyone's playing arena like maybe it doesn't matter as much it would definitely be more harmful to paper where the expense is definitely a real concern it's well, paper but, versus digital again, right? Like, yeah. we had this before, where in paper, the decks are so expensive that you don't want to keep buying new cards because of rotation. But with digital, like, literally 48 hours after set release, I've played, like, hundreds or thousands of games, and I'm done, right? Like, I don't need another, like, year and a half of this, right? Like, I've seen all I want to see. So how do you balance this? Like, imagine a video game where it gets patched like every like four months six months right like that's like ridiculously slow and everyone will get bored and move on but that's where we are with magic because we have this duality of paper and digital so yeah oh go ahead well yeah the duality of the the paper and and digital is yeah like i definitely see that and that's kind of the 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 line that watsi's gonna have to figure out how to walk right like that's like, you can't just up and errata something, right? Like, this this is, like, oh, next week we're going to patch this up. So, like, they have to follow paper, too. So, even though there's no paper events for a year, I, I, don't, I don't think that 
like is then that'd be weird right just do it for a limited amount of time like only for 2020 we have like three rotations yeah i think we'd have to to stick with it but uh, i've solved it i'm I'm gonna bleed into our next topic what if they half the price of standard packs and increase the rotations (laughs) (laughs) does that change the singles cheaper of course right like let's say let's say like standard Deck prices are effectively halved, but then we have like double the rotations. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could. I still don't like the idea of a ton of rotations, but you just want to ferry to stick around as long as possible. <laughs> I, mean, yes, I know yeah. you. No, 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 no. There's one. Don't part- worry, we're getting two ferries soon. <laughs> oh yeah, I I hope so. Uh, but <laughs> like, I think like, I don't know. I. I don't like the idea of more rotations just because I, I feel like it, it's, I know maybe it's just right now because of where the cards are, but like, it is pretty cool to see like how all the sets play together. Like seeing like the full super standard, right? The eight, the eight sets all together. But maybe right now it's because it's felt like super standard for like, I don't know, two years, right? Like it, it's a, it's a bit much, but we, I, I think the, what we're going to have to do is just, either a aggressively ban or wait out like you know because like they said they were gonna test out this new power creep like this new like spike in power right so we don't know how many sets that bleeds into but maybe at some point the power dies back down i mean oh man it's gonna be real weird if it goes from this and back (laughs) down to once again to like ixalan or something and i'm just like oh man (laughs) all right um We should we should probably uh, move on. Any other thoughts on on standard bannings before we talk a little bit about companions and uh, historic? All right, let's let's talk historic really quickly. This one shouldn't be too complicated. Um, I think for me, the same two cards are banned as in standard, of course, uh, agent of treachery and also fires. I think fires being banned is good. I will say that I think that they messed up by banning agent of treachery. Uh, I think they really need to go after Winota. I my per- and I want to get your take on this if if you've been playing historic. My take is that Winona is kind of dominating the historic format, and historic Winona doesn't even really play Agent of Treachery. It might play like a single copy, but it's built around Angress Marauders. So I feel like uh, this banning isn't going to do anything to the deck that I view as already dominating the format. Uh, what do you What do you think about the historic aspects of these bannings? I I think that it's fine. Like, I like the Agent of Treachery banning, the Fires banning, but this, like, I expected the historic bannings to be a lot longer, like, with, with like, a bigger list of cards, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I am very surprised that Winota's not on that, because that is a turn four, potentially turn three at times, right? Like, it, it could be pretty, it's, it is a turn four combo deck, like, if you don't kill it or interact. And it doesn't actually have to, like, people think, oh, well, just pack spot removal, but that's not always the case, right? Like, you, you can, they can just play the fair game of just like, oh, I'm going to play Legion Warboss. Can you answer this? All right, well, I'm going to wait until you do. Yeah. And they, they, they can wait it out. So I thought Winota was going to go. Um, I did, I did, like, I was hoping Fires and Agent would go with it. Uh, I was also like, cause I mean, there's, there's a lot of big mana things that you can do right now. So once again, like I, I thought they would have fired off, like, like maybe like axe a few like ramp cards here, like actually done it here, left standard alone. 
Yeah, I I could see. There's other cards too, like Nexus is a card that I'm yeah. so concerned about. Field of the Dead, yeah, uh, maybe could be on that list. There there are a lot of other changes. I think uh, I'm mostly just shocked. I was one. If there was one banning that I was sure about, it was Winota and Historic. I thought there was like actually a hundred percent chance that that was going to happen. So I I'm still just like kind of shocked that they didn't go that direction. Have you been playing against it a lot? I know I tweeted about it, and a lot of people are like, yeah, I play this, like, a huge percentage of the time. Like, it's the, you know, all over the meta. What has your experience been in Historic Rim? Like, have you been running into that deck quite often? Yes. Uh, and I have... <laughs> I've been very happy about running into it, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do, what, what is, is your, your secret tech for beating the Winota deck? Oh, just actually like a bajillion i i built a grixis yorion like i was playing a grixis yorion deck and there's just like cry of the carnariums full play set extinction events and all this other stuff and i more so am just happy because it's not nexus decks like i i have been so ha- even when I'm, I'm losing i'm just like yeah whatever <laughs> kill me right now on turn four but just don't let it be a nexus deck <laughs> It sounds like it's time for Carnage Tyrant to uh, make its presence felt in historic, <laughs> yeah. I think. I think that's what we've been missing. <laughs> People have been playing it randomly. Like, I've gotten paired against, like, a Golgari mid-range. I'm like, what is this? Ixal- like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like it was, like, Ixalan standard. I was like, whoa! And, and you know what? As long as it's not Nexus, I, I think... I, I, I hate Nexus, but I I think that... Like, yeah, Winota's also a problem, so I understand. And if... If it weren't for the fact that, like, I just play a deck that's just kind of, like, heavily tuned to beat down, like, the Winota decks, you know what I mean? I'd probably be in a lot of trouble. I also think it's a little weird that they even had this announcement. I thought the whole gimmick of Historic was like, hey, we just ban things whenever we want them to. Like, that is, that is, uh, I thought the spirit of Historic, like, we have this flexibility and we manage it in this unique way where it's just like, hey, card's gone, it's here, it's back, it's suspended, it's unsuspended. So I thought it was a little weird that we actually had the announcement of the announcement. Next week we're doing Historic bannings. I kind of hope they stick to the, the, like, quick banning thing. That's one of the aspects of historic that I thought was actually really cool that if a card did become problematic they could just like be like hey as of today like this card is suspended so maybe maybe they'll go back to that and Winota if it does prove to be as problematic as it, it seems to be yes it's like only been a couple of weeks since it's really taken off uh, but maybe they'll they'll ban it quickly or suspend it quickly here in the future. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm banking on the fact that they can insta change the format because they don't have any uh, tabletop support for it theoretically. And with pro play using historic soon enough, I assume they're looking at it very closely. But maybe I'm giving wizards more credit than they deserve. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But maybe this is just step one A of their plan, and we'll see part B. Uh, or, you know, maybe everyone plays Crim's deck. I don't know if Crim's deck is just <laughs> smashing Winota and doesn't have bad matchups otherwise. Oh, like, it that does. Is the answer. It, it's called, it's called Nexus. <laughs> like, legitimately, it's embarrassed by Nexus. Like, very cool. You have four Cry of the Carnariums. Great. Check this out. I'm going to take all the turns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the biggest argument for Winota, right? Like, if you play spot removal, then all your spot removal is dead against all the decks that aren't affected by spot removal so you kind of do the rock paper scissors thing to an extreme yeah Uh, yeah so 
Well, we've made it through almost half the cast, and we have not had a half-hour conversation <laughs> about companions yet, so I think it, it is time, time for our our traditional companion segment. But this week, there's actually a good reason for it. The BNR made a huge change. Companions, now you got to pay three mana to put them in your hand, and then you can cast them. Does this fix the problem? Is the companion issue solved now? How much does this power down the mechanic? What's it going to do to formats? What do you guys uh, think about this change? Uh, I think in standard, I think in standard, they're still playable. But definitely when it comes to like modern and stuff like that, I I, I don't know. I I don't think they're playable if like we're adding an additional three mana to it. Like imagine, I don't know, Yorion is like eight mana spent like you, you'd have to like kind of like plan like a few turns in advance before you can play like a Yorion in Pioneer or, or Modern or something like that. Maybe Luris, just because, I mean, you potentially could, right? Like if you're if like like the let, let's just say like I don't know whatever Luris decks there are out there in Modern. I I think you could still make it work, but I think outside of Luris, not so much. Yeah, I think they're effectively fixed for older formats. Like three mana is a lot. So yeah. you would play them now for value, right? Like kind of like creature lands, like when the game drags on, you have nothing better to do. Now you pull your companion in and do something, but they won't be part of your primary game plan. And, you know, if they, if you really cared about it, you'd put them in your main deck, which I don't know that any of the modern decks or pioneer decks care that much to go, uh, you know, main deck lures or things like that. Standard, I think still pretty playable. Uh, some decks, like, you just play them as, like, value cards or you slot them, like, main deck. Like, maybe a sacrifice deck will play main deck Lurises now. Uh, like, other decks, creature lands, right? As the game drags on, now you get your value engine going. So, I think standard is playable, but who knows what it looks like, because now Fires is gone, Agent is gone. Like, standard is basically a new format at this point. So we'll see how it goes, but I think they did what they wanted to do, which is kill companions in older formats and keep it around for standard. Yeah, I think that's I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mostly I mostly agree with that take. I actually think they're going to be pretty good in standard still. Uh, they obviously are not quite as good, which I think is a upside. But I do think that the companions will still see a lot of play in older formats. I think we'll still see some free roll companions. Like, I still think Kahira in a creature-free control deck is better than your 15 sideboard card slot. Like, even if you aren't using it most games, I think it's still going to be worth it. I'll be interested to see with, like, Yarion, is it worth playing 80 cards when you have to pay that extra 3 mana? That's where it gets a little bit sketchy. Uh, and then the other companions that are not free rolls, I expect them to see, like Garuda, for example, gets absolutely hammered by this. The whole reason to Garuda is you always have this turn six, like, combo piece. If you gotta wait an extra turn and pay three extra mana, I think that means decks like that just probably won't exist anymore, which, again, is, is probably fine. Like, I'm happy to see companions not be as good. So I think this does mostly solve the issue with older formats. Standard... Whatever. I've never been big on, like, having to ban companions in standard just because I'll rotate at some point. What do you think of the argument that the way that Wizards implemented this change means that more companions are on the way? Do you put any weight in that? Do you think if they didn't already have more companions in the pipeline, they would have taken different action, just ban them or ban the mechanic and just let you main deck them? Do you think, are people reading too much into the tea leaves to expect more companions in the near future? I mean, I, I wasn't expecting them to ban the mechanic, right? Like, I wasn't expecting them to ban the, com- like, companions either. So, I, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think there could be, but I don't think that's the reason why they took the actions they did. Yeah, I don't think they want to ban, I don't know, what is it, like 10 rares or whatever yeah. from, their, from their latest set. So there might be, some, like, I don't know, maybe there's some in the next set because it was far, you know, far too late. But I, I feel like they just wanted to make these cards still playable uh, so that effectively, like, imagine you open a pack today and like half the cards are not valid for standard, yeah. right? Like, you're like, what is this, <laughs> right? So they, they can't do that, right? So I, I think this is just what what the viable solution is. Yeah. I, I I like it. I actually think it's great because it does make it so that, you know, you can still play all these cards in standard. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that like, you know, like that, like a Luris, the, but like, I, I'm still going to play Luris in, in standard. I think it's, it's sweet. So, um, and I like that it does effectively. Yeah. Like we had mentioned, just really make the cost of having the companion in the older formats just like kind of kind of interesting and probably not worth playing um and and i'm excited and to touch up on the whole yorion thing i i think like i i started actually um because i i was planning in the event that there was some way that like they make it so that yorion and all that's just like unplayable in like standard and whatnot and like pioneer like is it still possible that you just play an 80 card deck without yorion (laughs) why why would you do this (laughs) i I mean I will say that since I've built a lot of Yorion decks, if I build a 60 card deck, I find myself like freaking out because I don't have enough slots for everything I want. I'm like, oh, I really like, I need to put this card in the deck, but I can't do it. So I, I don't think it's correct, but I definitely know where you're heading with that. I do think that people are going to be more likely to not always play a 60 card deck thanks to Yarion and the experience yeah. of how consistent Yarion decks could be with 80 cards. Even right. though I think 60 cards is going to go back to being correct, quote unquote, but I think there will be some exceptions to that rule now. I mean, like, yeah, we won't see, like, Yorion as the flex for a red deck, right? But the thing here <laughs> is, like, I, I still think that if you're some kind of mid-range deck, I mean, you're you're also talking to the person that, built, like, just decided they were going to play a 250-card <laughs> deck in standard, right? So, <laughs> you can't, you can't, like, there's... I don't know. I, I, I think that maybe 80 cards just could be correct or okay for some decks, like mid-range. I'm, I'm or... very confused. <laughs> what is the advantage of 80 cards? Like, why don't, it's, why don't you just play, like, two ofs or whatever and play a 60-card deck? M- more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, 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 like, jam in all your sweet promos? Like, yeah, like what yeah. is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> to make your opponent actually drop your deck as they shuffle it, like I, I don't know, like what is there is no real reason for this, right? <laughs> but like you have more cards, right? <laughs> like with the, like with the amount to justify of- buying cards, you're like, oh, I just need to buy these cards. You know, I got to finish my uh, two thousand card deck here. <laughs> you don't need to cut anything. <laughs> like legitimately, like Seth had mentioned, I I started to feel like I think I'd gotten so used to the idea of an eighty card deck that I was like, is eighty cards and like is is that really the max? Can we go <laughs> higher than that? Like obviously, I did uh, I did push that to the extremes and found out okay. 250 cards, maybe not needed. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, yeah, like, I, I think, I think I, like, that is something I'm willing to explore, and I'm sure others will too. 
I think it would be rare, uh, rare situations still. Like, I, I don't want to encourage people to just, like, keep building in less consistent decks, but I think there could be situations, and we did see some, there were, like, 90 card bring to light decks at one point in modern that were, like, actually yeah. being yeah. competitive. So I think there are, like, certain decks that will still do that. And I think people will be more accepting of that. Maybe there's some like aggressive self mill deck where there's actually like a concern in a grindy format like Xander that you're going to like mill yourself out or something. So I think there could be exceptions to the 60 card rule. Please, please Seth, please. There's never <laughs> going to be anything mill related. <laughs> I want it to, but let's be honest. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on. We got, we got a couple other topics here. Um, one of the big ones. Double Masters. Have y'all been keeping up on, <laughs> on Double Masters? So th- they announced Double Masters, which my initial reaction was, hey, cool, like Master sets are back. But the community at large had a, a very different reaction, which uh, I guess you would call outrage. <laughs> it's just lots of, uh, <laughs> lots of yelling about the cost of the set, questions about whether this set actually is going to like bring down prices of anything. What do you think of? the double masters outrage and the reaction from the community. Uh, you know, people are I, very upset. Yes. <laughs> yes very, they are. very, we've had like so many articles, so many YouTube videos. Now, the interesting thing is we don't even know what's in the set, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like literally like it, it could just be like reserveless dual lands, right? Like we don't know, right? All, all wizards have said is like no fetch lands. So you can throw away any argument about expected value. Right. Because this cannot apply because we don't know what is in the set. Right. So what that tells me is the average player just buys a box. Right. They don't care what the worth of the cards inside is. They just want a box of the latest set to play with. And because this box is, you know, three times as much as a normal box, they've effectively been priced out. So people are very upset at that. And I think people are just using this opportunity to kind of just express their uh anger about the price of the game in general like it all comes down to like fetch lands should be free like people are very upset like secret layer fetch lands already like got people riled up and now this is kind of the last straw uh so even though i agree with seth and financially like we don't even know right like if if the ev of this set is like 600 or an EV of a booster box is six hundred dollars, and they're selling for three hundred. That is great for players. It's going to tank the price of singles, right? If the EV is like three hundred or like two hundred, then this is like terrible for like this is not really helpful. But we don't know that. Uh, but for the average player who just wants to buy a booster box, like buying a booster box is usually a bad proposition anyway. So it's like for fun, and then now because it's super expensive, they're kind of priced out, so they feel jaded, and then now fetch lands cost a billion dollars. So I understand where all that is coming from, but I just think the the actual issue is not the price of the box, it's just magic in general is too expensive, which I've always agreed with from day one. I think fetch lands specifically should be zero dollars. Expensive lands, like suck, right? Like I don't want to open a pack and like, oh yes, land. Uh, so I, I don't like that, but magic cards should have some kind of value. Uh, that's part of our hobby, but just not in the fetch lands. So I'm sympathetic to people that are like, okay, uh, I, you know, this looks like a cool draft format and I'm not going to be able to draft it. I think there is a legitimate, like psychological feel bad to being like, I love magic. Here's this really cool, unique product of magic, but I can't access it because it's too expensive. So I definitely, I definitely am sympathetic with that perspective on things and definitely agree with that. There is a cause there. On the other hand, 
some of the things that people have been throwing around, like, uh, this isn't going to do anything for prices. Uh, you know, it's a huge price increase. I don't even think it's true because Ultimate Masters was like $300 a box and we had the same conversation. I think everyone just forgot <laughs> that Ultimate Masters was $300 <laughs> a box and we had the same argument like two years ago about the cost going up. So I, I don't really understand, other than what you said, Richard, that it's more of like this last straw cumulative thing where we keep getting more and more products, more and more expensive products, and it finally just boiled over with a with double masters a lot of the conversation around the set doesn't make that much sense to me i feel like past master sets have done a good job at dropping prices i feel like 300 dollars, well it's expensive it's not unprecedented in the world of master sets so i'm just not sure why everyone is so mad about this product in specific i would think that if you want to rage about a product, rage about like mythic edition or the secret layer ultimate edition these products that really don't benefit the community at all. When you have, like, Secret Lair Fetchlands, it benefits wizards. They make a bunch of money. It benefits, theoretically, the small number of people that buy them and get these cool Fetchlands, but it doesn't drop the price of Fetchlands. It doesn't help the broader community. At least with Double Masters, it's going to drop the price of singles, most likely. Like, yes, maybe it's a horrible set and has no value, but I would be surprised if that happened uh, with this set. But in theory, even if you never buy a box or a pack of this, which you probably shouldn't anyway, because that's uh, an inefficient way to build a deck and build a collection, you're still going to get a huge discount on cards and things are going to like drop in price. So I, I don't understand why people are like so mad about this in specific, other than, like you said, just people's frustration about the price of the game boiling over in this being a easy target, more or less. Yeah, they, I, they did rage about Fetchland Secret Lair. <laughs> this did happen, remember? And I, I think we forget that people don't play Magic with spreadsheets, right? Like we're like, oh yeah, what's the EV, right? Like okay, you know, how do I optimize this? Most people just apparently buy booster boxes. I, I'm actually curious. We should set up a poll to see how people buy their Magic cards based on all this outrage. It appears that you just buy booster boxes, like that people do not buy singles uh, to complete decks and things like that. They just buy like a booster box and then do whatever. Uh, So if if that is you, then, you know, it's really bad for you. And I think it's also just the critical mass. Like we have the meme of this product is not for you. And it's been used like (laughs) kind of legitimately for like so many products. Like, oh, secret layer Fetchlands, this product is not for you, right? (laughs) Like, oh, this other secret layer, not for you. And then like it, if we keep repeating this, like what product is for me, right? And I think like that kind of just like started hitting on people, right? Like if like three quarters of the products Wizards puts out is not for me, it is magic for me, right? And I, I think there is some legitimacy to that. Like you can't just like, in one sense, they're trying to appeal to everyone. So they're trying to sell products to everyone. But at the same time, you're part of like the Magic the Gathering Club. And when you see products that are not for you, you start feeling like you're not part of the club anymore. And then eventually you're not part of the club. So there, there is some limit as to like how you can hit all the players at once, right? Like, so I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it is weird that other games aren't really like that. Like if you buy a video game... it it's basically for you. Like everyone gets the same video game. So magic is kind of unique in that way where they have so many different products. And I don't know if that's necessarily like uh, an upside or a drawback. Like I'm sure it's a little bit of both depending on like the person and the product and the situation. But I think that is part of what we're struggling with too. Underneath all of this is just the proliferation of products, having 
30, I think they said 33 products or something had already been announced for this year when two years ago it was like 15. And before that, it wasn't that long ago. We got five or six products a year, like maybe one supplemental product. So I feel like people are just struggling with the huge proliferation of magic sets in general. And I don't, I don't know how to handle it. Like I can understand why that is a, a big struggle for the community. It seems like it never ends. There's always something new. There's the big FOMO, like get your secret layer right now or it'll be gone forever. So there is, I feel like a lot more pressure on the community because of the number of products and the type of products. And there was a, a few years ago when you kind of had a set for standard and then you got a break and you played with that set. And then maybe there was like one master set or a dual deck as a special thing. And and that was kind of the pacing. It definitely has amped up tenfold in the last in the last few years, which uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for the community. Definitely, when they they announced they were going to put more stuff out, right? I, I like I, I I recall I think somewhere a while back they said they were going to put more stuff out for Magic products. I definitely don't think anybody was expecting to this level, but yeah. yeah. Right. Like, but like at the same time, like, I, I think, yeah, like I, I understand why people like, there's a lot of like product fatigue, right? Because there's just so many different things. They don't know what's for them. Like, is this legal and standard? Is this not legal and standard? Uh, you know, like, yeah, there, I, I actually don't know either. Right. Like, I mean, I, I think I like, I like double masters, but like, am I going to buy it once it's over 300? Probably not. <laughs> and or if it is already over it then i'm probably not gonna buy it but uh i don't know it, it's kind of weird right like i understand like the where people are coming from when it's like wow this is this is kind of crazy pricey sometimes right like i get it there's just too many things that you're trying like you're trying to like well do i save up the funds for the secret layers or, or whatever and i get it yeah so w- wizards wizards trying to increase the sales right they're trying to make yeah. more money which is you know what they're supposed to do but they're trying to extract it from the existing player base by having us spend more money yeah and people's wallets are stretched pretty thin like just like magic itself is super expensive now with the economic conditions around us it's like even worse timing for all of this like what they should be doing is getting new players right and then those new players will buy you know the same 10 products that everyone else buys every year instead of trying to shove down these like premium products like i asked last week like how many commander decks could a person possibly own like how many super premium special mythic edition secret layer foil whatever cards can you own (laughs) Like, you know, is, do you have more magic cards in, you know, in money than car or in house? Like, I don't know, right? Like, it's starting to get pretty ridiculous. So maybe they should try to, like, branch out, get more players who each spend less, but, you know, in aggregate spend more uh, rather than trying to just like, oh, you know, here's a thousand dollar Liliana. You want to buy it? <laughs> right. You better buy it now. It's only available for like three hours. Right. Like, you know, like stuff like that is starting to get old. Right. Yeah, I think I think that would probably be ideal. And we have definitely seen a focus on uh, getting more and more money from enfranchised players over the last couple of years. It seems like that has been a big focus. The high end products for people that already uh, are invested in the game, have a lot of money to spend on the game. The other thing I don't really know for sure with the complaints about it is how many of them are reasonable. It's really hard to filter through how many people are saying, OK, like magic is too expensive. I need it to be cheaper to, you know, be able to access the decks that I want to play and the cards that I need to play. And how many people are just like, 
every card should be zero dollars. <laughs> like, have you ever, have oh, you ever yeah. run into that? Like, it's reading over like a Reddit thread or various comments. It's really hard to figure out if people are asking for like a reasonable drop in price from Wizards' perspective, where they're still going to be able to exist as a company and make a product to keep making magic. And how many are people are just like, I want it to all be free? <laughs> yeah, like that, that. I definitely noticed that too, right? There's a good amount of people that are just like, I think that you know, standard should be free, and like, and 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 along with modern. And then when it rotates, it can cost money. What? <laughs> like, like I I have I have seen that and. I think that is unreasonable because, yeah, at the end of the day, they're still a business. Yeah, we, we'll be able to tell, right? We'll yeah. be able to tell when Double Masters releases and you see the box price, whether it stays at what it is, goes up or goes down. Like people complained about Mythic Edition or whatever, and it sold out instantly anyway. So, like, what, like, what are the <laughs> you complaining and then you go buy it anyway? Then it doesn't count, right? So, if no one buys Double Masters uh, because they're upset at the price, and then the price tanks. And then no one still buys it, right? Because it doesn't count if you wait for it to drop to like 250, buy it, and then it goes back up to like 300, right? <laughs> like that doesn't count either, right? So we'll, we'll see if this is like a successful product or not, or whether this outrage is true. And also remember Reddit, social media, YouTube, they're only a fraction of the actual magic community. So it could be that this is just a super vocal base. Everyone else is like, eh, whatever, we'll just go buy it. So we're, we'll be able to tell. Uh, if Wizards keeps making them and whether the price goes up or down. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never seen so much outrage in, uh, in magic prices, uh, ever since we started doing this like period. So I was actually quite shocked that it was just coming from everywhere. Everyone had like a nice little thesis and article or <laughs> video and like just everyone was going like hog wild with this. <laughs> and then I got to write the article that it told everyone they were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's the same reason right where we're like okay look magic online is cheaper than arena because you can sell your cards back but no one ever sells anything back right i i haven't sold a magic card in like years right i'm just hoarding these old magic cards and i'm like yeah i don't know right so effective value resale value like none of that matters right because i don't sell it so it's just cash out the pocket so yeah hmm. no that is true, and and I think I personally do tend to forget that sometimes because I love that aspect. Like I love calculating EVs. I think in that way. Like I remember before I was doing content, even like when I had to buy my own decks, and we didn't have loan programs on Magic Online. I would like try to buy decks that I thought would like maintain their value, or like tier two decks that would be more popular, so that I could like sell them to have the tickets to buy another deck. So I, I have always enjoyed that aspect of the game, but I know that I'm definitely in the minority there to uh to really like have fun that way anyway we got more topics and we're going long crim i think this weekend you uh you might have played some magic we had our first <laughs> arena open i saw <laughs> i saw lots of people i was watching uh gab nasif like fail five times in a row trying to qualify for it some people were <laughs> tweeting about like how they did three runs and gave up and then here comes crim oh i i jumped into the queue first run right through today too <laughs> How was your how was your experience, Grim, with the arena open? Uh, I've I feel like because I play so much best of one already, you know what I mean? Like I kind of know what I'm looking for. I was on the draw a good amount of my games actually, and I was like, man, unlucky. <laughs> but I somehow, you know, I was able to like kind of hedge my bets, right? I I kind of I went into this thinking that well, if everyone's playing Winota and Yorion. 
right? Like, I've just got to be ready for those two decks. And coincidentally, that helps me with cat decks, too, because I just went up to a silly amount of Cry of the Carnariums. I reduced the amount of Mystical Disputes. I played the Lurus Control deck that I did in best of three, but then I tuned it uh, to make it better for best of one, and I added Ether Gust in the main. And and so, like, an Ether Gust was a hoser because they would just use... um. Uh, what's the evol- the the two mana? I forgot the name of it already. The thingy that sacks a creature and then looks for a creature that's one mana higher. It's almost like Eldritch Evolution. Uh, but that card, and then you just ether gust it. And it's like cool. You just paid two mana to kill a creature for me. I'm gonna put that on top of your deck. So, uh, I kind of like I felt like being kind of prepared for this this meta. It made it really easy for me. Uh, but I know that I guess some people might have. I don't know what they played right. I don't know if they played with Noda, maybe there were too many, like, you know, like targets on its back. Uh, but for me, I was just looking to hunt down with Noda decks and Yorion decks, and I did beat those. How did, uh, so you went right through to day two, right? Uh, right, on your yeah. first run. How did day two go? Day two? <laughs> well, so I started off three and oh. Uh, I, dr- I dropped the next one. Uh, I win the one after that. And then the game after that, I, it was game three and I was kind of like scrolling my feed while waiting, you know, for the opening hand and I didn't Uh really pay attention and I just clicked keep. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was not a, not a good hand. No, no. One would say it was a very, very bad hand. (laughs) So, so you ended up. I assume losing just before the cash part because you yep. accidentally <laughs> accidentally kept a hand that you should have kept. Yep. That is that is a very arena way for a tournament to end, I have to say. You're just like hanging out at your house, not really paying attention. Sure, whatever. Oops, now I don't get two thousand dollars. Like I always I talked about it, I'm sure others have enjoyed it too. Like the the comfort of playing tournaments from your own home, don't get me wrong, that's great, but sometimes there is a thing is too comfortable, right? Like <laughs> And I would say I got a little too comfortable because this isn't the first time something is like something has gone horribly wrong like the other time was like the wmcq on the weekends they used to start they started at like 6 a.m i fell asleep during the sideboarding and i obviously woke <laughs> up to lo- like losing so <laughs> so you know but outside of that i i did really enjoy um being able to play like a more high stakes thing for on arena Right. Like, I think, I think we, it'd be great if we had a spectator mode, but I love the fact that I could, you know, like compete for like monetary value. Like, I, I think that was pretty solid. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I know that there's other, there are others out there that have just been like, I've, I've, you know, like there are others out there that have just kind of like pretty much just hated this and just said that, no, they're not even going to partake in it. Right. And, and like, I, I, that's that's up to them, but I I enjoyed the idea of having like the ability to win monetary like value off this. I don't hate best of one, so obviously I'm going into this with a bias because I play a lot of best of one, and I I still think that it is like I mean there's the argument whether or not it's magic. I just think it's a different format. Um, that's and I liked it. I mean, will will all of them be best of one day one and best of three day two? Obviously, I'd like that, but I don't know. 
I'll say I I would like to see that part change. I know uh, that's uh, that's the one part I disagree with. I think is I would much prefer best of three. I chose not to uh, do any runs in it, mostly because I don't really enjoy best of one, and it makes me salty because of the variance <laughs> of it. <laughs> so so I just avoided playing it altogether. Uh, I do think that from the feedback I've heard, uh, there were a lot of people that did enjoy the event, but the biggest complaint I saw in general, and this is coming from you know, pro style players, old time players was the best of one aspect of it. So I think that maybe that would be something that could be worth tweaking and changing. But I do think that having these high value tournaments uh, on Magic Arena is huge. And I think it's going to be doubly important with uh, the announcement that we're not going to have paper tournaments for the rest of the year. Like what other choice do we have other than trying to move as much of this stuff uh, as possible onto uh, digital and uh, Magic Arena and maybe Magic Online? I, w- I wouldn't mind some uh, modern tournaments or something, but Wizards doesn't seem to be going that direction. Yeah. I, I think that'd be, I actually think that'd be really cool though, like to even see like, like you had mentioned, like something for modern Pioneer, but, uh, hey, maybe with, uh, eventually Pioneer because they are kind of working towards making that happen at some point, right? Yeah, but, we're heading that direction. Yeah, like I, I actually, the more I think about it, the more excited I am because I love Pioneer. So I, I think that could be really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like, keep in mind once again, like, yeah, I know people don't like best one, uh, but I, that's why I enjoyed it too, because I have a huge bias towards that. Best, best of one for me. Maybe it's because I played so many other games, like like Hearthstone and whatnot. And that's all best of one to me. So, one thing I appreciate about you, Krim, is you don't have any problem liking things that everyone else hates. To I mean, yes, also true. <laughs> also very true. <laughs> you you are a, you are a, you play the role of a villain well, <laughs> and it's like it's not like I go out of my way to do it. I just. <laughs> it, it, it kind of, there, there is humor to it that like, yeah, coincidentally, some people just don't like some of the things that I enjoy and I, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> but, and that's why it's easy to play the villain role. It's like, haha, twirl the mustache. <laughs> I did like Teferi all along. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's try to hit a couple of fish mail before we wrap up today. Richard, take it away. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. And we'll get to your questions on air. It's Bruise Day. The conversation about secret layers has got me thinking, what about National Park's basics? Crater Lake Island, Yosemite Mountain, Everglades Swamp. I'd buy them. Ooh, I would. Yes, I, yes, yeah, that's yes. sweet. Oh, photos or renditions? I think like photos. <laughs> it Ooh, should be I- photos. I would want, I want, like, more the APAC and, like, Euro promos. Those are some of my favorite basic lands where they're, that's actually what they did. It is art. It's not an actual picture. But those are some of my favorite lands in the history of Magic. So I would love to see those come back with different locations uh, for a secret layer drop. I would be all over that. I mean, <laughs> then you could have the true Nat Geo deck, right? You have the birds, <laughs> then you have the lands. It's only a matter of time. Uh, yep, we're. we're I, would, I would say yes, but please not secret layer. Like I cannot buy eight secret layers to get enough basics or whatever for my deck. <laughs> like please, no. Like uh, I, I like the art, but make it cheap, please. <laughs> uh, at at Cure Game, this is a different. This is a different question, but I'm answering Richard's question. How many commander decks can one person build? 
I'm building an EDH deck using every legal commander. To date, I've completed 566 decks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a picture with like a wall, <laughs> like custom built framing and just stacks and stacks and stacks of decks. Like, oh boy. That's a lot of that's a lot of commander decks. I wonder how many legends there are. Oh man, I don't even try to think about that because that number has to be crazy high by now. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if these are cataloged online somewhere. You know how sometimes we play like weird themes on Commander Clash and we have like some obscure commander from like some old old set. Uh, I'd be curious. I'd be curious to see what what deck they've built for this. Oh, I wonder uh, if the person who sends the question. I wonder if they are dreading or looking forward to Commander Legends. <laughs> they promise like a hundred new commanders or something in one set. Here, here's the question: How many soul rings do they own? Do they own five hundred sixty six? Yeah, I, I assume that I would imagine if that was my project, I probably just have a stack of like a hundred soul rings sitting on my desk for when I want a new, a new, uh, a new deck. I just grab one and stick it in. I would, I would definitely like have it. Like if I were doing this, I would have like kind of like an assembly line kind of thing. Like, okay, yeah. here's my stack of soul rings. Here's my stack of arcane signets. Pull from this. Pull from this. Pull from this, and then. <laughs> Pull for it my counterbalance. Me of, like assembling <laughs> newspapers or like stuffing envelopes and stamps or stu- stuffing envelopes. <laughs> and stuffing stamp envelopes and stamps. Yeah. <laughs> All no, right. Uh, Yuri Wolf, what's the coolest slash best thing you've ever opened in a booster? Ooh. I. Oh man, I I think it was uh, for me at least. It's it's the feeling that I got when I got my first i got a foil exalted angel i think is unbeatable for me because i think that happened for me like when i was in middle school or something like that and i just i i needed money uh like i like i needed the extra cash because i wanted to build my standard deck so i got lucky i opened the foil exalted angel i i sold it immediately and then just bought two exalted angels so i i don't know the joy that i had as a kid of just seeing that foil exalted angel was insane i think for me it's probably probably overgrown tomb like expedition i think those like when they did the lottery cards in packs rather than in secret layers they were so rare uh, that they that they actually kind of made opening boxes a little bit miserable because you were like disappointed ninety nine percent of packs, but when you finally <laughs> hit that one, that one percent, it's such a good feeling because you you would open like three boxes to finally get one. So I think I think it might be that honestly. What about your complete set in the treasure chest? Oh, I didn't count? know if Magic Online counts. If Magic Online counts, complete set in a treasure chest is on there. And also, when I first started playing competitively on Magic Online, this is almost a crim story. Uh, this was this was back like Rise of Eldrazi's Endicar era is when I first started really playing. And I had like no money and no ticks. And I remember cracking a Gideon Jura when it when it first uh, came out and it was like 50 ticks. And I was like, oh my God, that's like three drafts. I I can do three drafts for free. So that was uh, that was another one that I still remember, like getting three free drafts for opening that Gideon Jura. <laughs> I think the best card I've opened was probably Foil Liliana of the Veil. And then I actually played with it in my standard deck, <laughs> kept it for like a bit. And then I eventually sold it and bought four Wastelands to play Legacy. Uh, that's probably a bad decision looking back now, but it was great at the time. <laughs> was that from, from Innistrad or from like a master set? 
Innistrad, Innistrad. Oh, yeah. This was that's, the, that's a hard one. A foil mythic out of a normal set pack. Those are pretty rare it, too. Ex- yep. Except for in standard, she was just all right. I know, but I played her anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that if we like, if we would have played then, I would have been spiky crim. <laughs> oh man, that that would have been that would have been an interesting time because I was like, dude, Liliana is not that great. I just used her to answer Geist. <laughs> Real Ragavan, do you guys have a Scoops plush for sale? My six-year-old daughter keeps asking for she, she sees them in videos and wants a plush. Interest, interesting side note, the nickname we've given my three-year-old daughters is Scoop. So I actually have a Scoops plush, which Wait, uh, one of our one editors <laughs> custom made and gave it to me as uh, as a gift. Uh, we don't sell it though, because they're like really expensive to make. <laughs> like I'm not sure how popular they, they'd be. Uh, but maybe we can work something out. I, I like. I, I would like to see more scoops. Scoops plush. We'll, we'll expand into uh, um, pattern shirts. Oh, sorry. Gotta, <laughs> uh, man, this cough is really nasty right now. You know, I've, I've got, ooh, <laughs> all right. That's all the time we have for fish mail this week. Thank you to everyone who sent questions in. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. And we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 279 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will be back next week with M21 spoilers for sure and whatever else goes down in the world of magic. So, until then, have a wonderful week. Stay safe. And this is the crew signing out. Mm-hmm.